Today's message I want to give a preface to. This is not a sermon. This is not preaching. This is maybe a family talk. You know, as a family, sometimes you have to sit down and kind of talk through some things. I want us to take today and for me to share a few things with you, a few things from the visioning meetings that we've had, a few things about the culture of this church to remind us about, and then a few glimpses into kind of where we're going to be moving to in 2018. And so if at the end you go, well, that was different. Yeah, it was. We're telling you that at the beginning. All right? So you can start by saying, wow, this is going to be different. But I want to share these things with us, partly because we have people here on a Sunday. Some of you are really heavily involved and have been at board meetings or who have been at the visioning meetings, and so you kind of know what what some of the things that have been talked about are. For others of you, your life just is kind of chaotic and you're not able to make it to all those things. And so uh, this is an opportunity to refresh our minds and to bring us all kind of on the same page. Let me start by praying. And Father God, we just pray right now that you would use this. I believe that, that you have put these ideas on my mind. I, I believe that they're from you. And so, Father, we just pray that only what you want to be said is said and that nothing else is and so that we can just glorify you. Father, in all these things, as we move forward into 2018, we want to submit our lives to you. We want to submit our church to you. We want to constantly be reminded that you are the head of this church and of your church, and so we do what you want. We need to. Help us, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. There we are, family talk. Okay, we're going to kind of hit three sections, and there really is very little tie-in, okay? So if you kind of feel like, okay, well, we've just moved to a next next topic, that's okay. But I want us to, to, to kind of talk through a little bit about what came out of the visioning meetings. We had... As a church, and if you're visiting with us today, you're just sitting in with a family talk, all right? So, we had some visioning meetings a couple months ago where we had about 35 people come out to a morning or an evening visioning meeting, and we we drew on on a bunch of pieces of paper, and and here are some of the things that came out of that. Um, One of the questions that we asked was, what has God blessed Chalmers with that we do really, really well? And one of the things that we just have to just put our, all of our cards on the, on the table here. Everything that we do well is because he equips us to do it well. Everything we do well as a church is because he has given us the grace to do it well. It's not a, look at us. It's God has blessed this congregation in the following ways so that we can glorify and honor him. Okay? So, one of the things we asked was, what are some of those greatest strengths as a church? What are the things that we do really, really well? And here are some of the things that we do well, and some of the things that that we kind of need to continue to do well. So, first of all, biblical relevant teaching. We preach the Bible. We are about the Bible The Bible is what we stand on in order to know and follow Jesus. And we do that unashamedly. In Galatians 1, Paul says, he's actually talking to the Galatians because they have turned away from the gospel. And he says, what's happened to you? 
Why did you turn away from the gospel that you received in joy? I'm paraphrasing here. Even if an angel of the Lord came down to you and told you a different gospel, do not believe it. And that's what we're about. We believe in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's why we celebrated the Lord's Supper today. It's why we often talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. It's why we often talk about how do we follow Jesus in our lives. We want to be about him. Because if we start being a social group, if we start being about something otherwise, then we have lost what makes us so powerful as a church. So biblical relevant teaching. Second thing that came out, uh, humble and dashingly handsome leadership. (laughs) Okay, I added the humble part. Humble leadership. We know that we are not everything. We know that we are not the best. Myself, Bonnie, Philip, the board. We know that we need Jesus. And we try to emulate that and be role models for all in that. We have many young families here, and we recognize that that as a strength. We recognize that young families bring kids, and we know that kids are the future of the church. And here's one of the really interesting things about that. As a church, we value and we honor and we want to support and we want to launch kids and youth as Christ followers of Jesus. And the really interesting thing is, we know that they are not the future of our church. And it's interesting, isn't it? There are some churches that would say we need to have a strong kids and youth program because those will be the people in the pews here in 25 years. The fact is that, not exclusively, there may be some youth who are sitting here today who will be coming to this church in 30 years. But we recognize that as a rural church, most of our kids are going to grow up. They're going to go elsewhere for schooling or for jobs. They may come back here, but most of them are going to be sent out to other places. And so when we say we want to have a strong kids and youth program, we want to make sure that we are helping children and youth make that decision to honor and follow Christ in their lives. We do that very intentionally to build up the kingdom of God rather than simply to build up our church. And we trust that as we are faithful in that, that God will continue to bring others into our church. And so we recognize that those children and those youth are so important to the kingdom of God. Number four, Chalmers has a pretty good reputation within the community. And mostly that has to do with you. Now, I'm in the community lots, and I'll talk to people, and I'll I'll say, you know, they usually ask, oh, you're a young guy, you work at Bruce Power, right? And I say, well, actually, no. I'm the pastor at Chalmers Community Church. And more times than not, their eyes light up, and they name drop one of you. And they say, oh, that's where so-and-so goes. They're awesome. And they are so happy and, and, and joyful to have you in their life. Because the joy of Christ is being shined to them, even if they don't recognize that it's the joy of Christ. We are a friendly, family, feel, open, and accepting church. This is something that that is huge. 
as people come through these doors, they feel welcome. They feel like they are embraced. And when they come back, they are still embraced. And when they come back, they are still embraced. And that's a growth that you guys have done. That's amazing. That's wonderful. As a church, we have learned, how do we not just be welcoming, but how do we accept people and bring them into our lives? How do we invite someone to a meal? How do we talk to someone and, and remember their kids' names? How do, we, how do we do these things? And that's something that makes Chalmers not unique, but pretty special. And my guess is that if you're here today, and this isn't your first time, it's because you were welcomed with open arms and you feel a little bit like family. And if you are here today for the first time, I hope this is still true. Next one is our unity principle. And the fact that as a church, we believe strongly that the biggest miracle that God can do today within our church is to bring us into unity. We all have different opinions. We all have different preferences. But our unity principle says that we will choose to lay down our own preferences and our own opinions to the will of God for his glory. And that is so incredible. It was something that perplexed me when I first came to Chalmers almost eight years ago. It was something that I love about this church is that we say, you know what? I like my style of music, or I like my version of the Bible, or I, I think that we should have fuchsia carpets. But we say we want to love each other and lay those things down to serve one another and to serve God. And then the last one, we have a very talented congregation. That's something that, that people just recognized, is that we have people with skills and talents, and you've been using those skills and talents to serve one another and to serve our community. And that's something, again, just part of being the church, right? Where we say, okay, God, what, do you, what have you given to me that I can use to bless others? Maybe that's money, maybe that's your time, maybe that's a certain skill. And we've seen that in many ways happen within this congregation. Now, one of the things that came out of the visioning meeting was the overall heart of the church, as we talked about the dreams, as we talked about what we wanted God to do in our lives and within our church, this is something that, as I looked at, at all the things that were said, I could boil it down to this. The heart of the church, the heart of Chalmers, and I'm so glad about this, the heart of Chalmers is to reach the community for Jesus. The heart of Chalmers is to reach the community for Jesus. Let me tell you something, that has been the heart of this church for years. And I'm so glad to hear that as more and more people have become involved and more and more people have become part of this church, that that heart has stayed the heart of this church. Now, let me break it down to you in a few ways. This is an evangelical heart. In other words, we recognize as a congregation that people, all people, need Jesus. Jesus is not just the savior of Chalmers Community Church. Jesus is the savior of the world. And there are people all around us who need to know and accept the love of God found in Jesus Christ. So as a congregation, we understand this, we believe this, and everything that we do, or everything that we, we try to do, we try to do it because we recognize that people need Jesus. 
And so when we go out into the community, it's because we know people need Jesus. When we talk about how do we follow Jesus in our lives, it's because we know that if we're following Jesus in our lives well, God's going to use us to bring people to know Jesus. So it's an evangelical heart. Number two, it is a heart for the community. We're a community church. Now what that means is that we are made up of people who are integrated in the community. Most of you are very much integrated into the community, whether it's with your work or with your kids or volunteering or, or in a, I don't even know. You guys are just busy. And you're f- just right in the community, and I think that's a really good thing. But it also means that we are here for the community as a church. As a church, we are here not as a little social group to pat each other on the back and say, oh, aren't we doing great? We're not a holy bubble here. We are here for the community. Another way of saying this is we as a church exist for the people who are not here yet. We exist for the people who are not here yet. And that is so important for us to remember. We are a church in the community. We exist as a church for the people outside of the church walls. The third thing, and this one needs a little bit of debriefing. We are specifically, but not exclusively, rural. Okay, before you tweet things, hear me out here. Chalmers exists to bring the good news of God's love in Jesus Christ, specifically to the rural population. What do I mean by that? It means that, so we've just had Christmas here, and we sent out mailers for, with all our Christmas Eve services. This is where we sent out those mailers. We sent them out to every house that the Tiverton Post Office mails to. We sent them out to every house that the Ripley Post Office mails to. And we sent them to every house that was on Rural Route 1, 2, 4, and 5. Because 3 is like way south of here, of of Concordon. In other words, we sent those invitations out to all of our rural neighbors. Now, if you are here today and you live in town... You are still valued here. You are still important here. I live in town. (laughs) All right? I'm with you. And this is why we need to be really specific. Because individually, as a townie, sounds like I'm a carny, doesn't it? As a townie, I have a responsibility and a heart to reach out to my town neighbors. I have a responsibility and a heart to reach out to the families that go to my children's school, to the families that are part of my kids' skating clubs or gymnastics programs. I have a heart and a passion, and individually, those are my people in my sphere of influence. And most of them live in town. If you live outside of town, if you are a rural person, you probably have a sphere of influence that involves your neighbors, maybe your coworkers, maybe people who you interact with, and many of them might be on the concessions or in Tiverton or in 
Ripley or, or Underwood or Teeswater or wherever you are found. So individually, we have a heart to reach the people in our sphere of influence. And those people are welcome here. Anyone is welcome here. Anyone is welcome here. As a church collectively, God has placed us in rural Concordon to reach the rural community. And so when we do outreach events, we probably don't do very many outreach events in Concordon town. There are some great churches in Concordon, and they mostly focus on the people in town. And we want to bless them in that. And we want to say, but there's a lot of people on that other side of Highway 21 who need to know Jesus. And so as a church, as a church organization, that is one of our focuses, is to reach the rural community for Jesus. Okay? So, hear me on this. If you are a townie like me, you are valued, you are loved, you are welcome here. And we are so glad that you are here. If you are a rural person, ditto. And as a church, we specifically feel a call to reach the rural community. And if we find that there are people from town who come to hear about Jesus as well, bonus. All right. Everybody good on that? If you're confused or if you think that I said that you're not important, come talk to me afterwards, okay? All right. Okay. Ready to shift? Total, total shift. I want to share with you three parts of the culture of Chalmers that I have witnessed and experienced over the last almost eight years here. And I want to do that for two reasons. Number one, if you have been at this church like for your life or like long time, these will be things that you may not even be aware of. And you might just go, well, of course that's what we're like. Isn't that what everyone's like? But these are part of the church culture here that how we do things around this church. And it's good to just bring that to the forefront of our minds. And if you're just checking us out or fairly new here, these might be things that you go, oh, I realized that, but I didn't know that was kind of intentional. And I want us to know this just because these are some of the things that will guide us as we move forward. Okay? If there are things that you don't like, recognize that culture can change. It just takes a long time. So the first part of the culture of Chalmers is this. As a church, we value humility and authenticity over perfection. We value humility and authenticity over perfection. That's kind of just part of the DNA here at, at Chalmers. And when we do things poorly or like, you know, if, if a musician up here hits the wrong note, you might hear that pretty, pretty hard and go, oh, yeah, that perfection is pretty low. But hopefully the humility and the authenticity is high. What do we mean by that? It means that as a church, we value being humble and being authentic worshipers and followers of Jesus. 
That's what we want. That's what we want from you. That's what you want from me. That's what we are all aiming and striving to be. To be humble and authentic worshipers and followers of Jesus. And if we can do that, that will speak volumes to those who don't know Jesus. Now what that means is that we might have people up on this stage who aren't professional musicians. Yep, we have that. And we would say, that's okay. We would say, you know what, that's okay. We ask our musicians to practice. We want them to play music well. But we also recognize that if there are people up here who are excellent musicians, but who don't look like they want to be here, who aren't worshiping, that is more of a detriment to helping others worship than having an okay guitar player who wants to worship and who wants to just praise God. So that's one of the things that we do. We say, you know what? We want you to be able to play an instrument or sing, but if you're not perfect, you're still welcome. The pastor of this church is certainly not perfect. There are things that I'll say or I'll trip over my words. My messages are often not polished, but they are authentic. And again, one of the things that I hear back from people is, you're real. And I appreciate that. Now, the fact is that there are churches in this area and and, and lots of churches I've been to who are very polished and who strive for perfection. And they strive for, for perfection because they want to attract people to come into the church. And their hope is that having a very high bar of excellence will show God's glory and will bring people into the church who don't know Jesus because of the music, because of the amazing coffee bar, because of the skinny jeans on the pastor, whatever it might be. And I hope and I pray that that is true and that that is what is happening in those churches. But I need to tell you that from my experience, what that does is having a perfection bar, it draws in Christians. It draws in Christians from other churches and it kind of creates a consumeristic Christian culture. People who want to be entertained, people who want to come and hear good music. And the problem with that is, it doesn't matter who you have up on the stage here, there's always better music on iTunes. There's always better coffee at at Tim Hortons. There's better comedians on TV. The church isn't a spot to be entertained. The church is a spot to be encouraged, to be supported, to be challenged, and to go out and to share the gospel. And so that's, again, that's just a culture of the church. If you're aware of it, great. If you weren't aware of it, just putting all the cards on the table. That's part of who we are as a church. We are not perfect. We are not always polished. But we strive to be humble and authentic. The amazing thing that I find is 
that when people who don't know Jesus are invited to come into this church, that actually helps them to stay. They say, wow, you guys are as messy as I am. Your lives are not polished. You're figuring this whole thing out on your own too. You're humble, messy people who are trying to figure out how do I follow Jesus? Resting in his grace. And if you can do that, maybe there's room for me too. I gotta say, this is something I love about this church. Number two, we are missional over programmatic. What do I mean by that? We are a church that does have programs. We have kids' church downstairs. We have a few kind of youth programs throughout the week. We have a large group worship time. And then we have small groups called growth groups throughout the week. And many of you are plugged into those things. But what we do is we say, we want you to be here on Sunday morning for the large group worship time. And then we want you to be part of a small group growth group during the week, one. And then we want you to take the rest of the time that you have to be investing in relationships with the people in your life. Now, I grew up at a church. When I was a teenager, I was at the church building about four or five times a week. And I loved it. But I didn't know a lot of the people in my school. And God wasn't using me a whole lot to reach people. And so as a church, we intentionally try not to overburden you with all these programs that you have to be at throughout the weeks. Instead, we invite you to invest in in large worship, in small group, and then to invest in the people in your life. The other part of this is that we've tried the programmatic things from time to time. We've tried to run seminars. We've tried to run trainings. And honestly, very few people show up. And I think part of that is because this is a cultural thing. This is just a cultural thing of how this church is formed. And we'll still do trainings. We'll still do seminars. We'll still do some of those things. But we recognize that that's not going to be the main thrust of of our church, that we value being missional people in the community much more than just huddling together. Here's the last one in this one. As a church, we are more cautious than risk takers. And you may think this is a negative thing. I'm not trying to say it's a negative thing. I'm also, please hear me, I'm not saying that the church is kind of stuck in a comfortable rut. We're not at all. And as a church, we are willing to step out and try new things, to do new things, and to move in major ways when we strongly feel that God is calling us to. One of my favorite examples is that a number of years ago, before we hired Philip, we had had a conversation as a church, and we said, should we hire someone to care for youth and children? We had this discussion probably in in the spring, and the church was really divided on it. There were some people who said, we need to wait and see if more families and youth come so that it's worth us investing in someone. And other people said, 
well, no, we should bring someone in and that will attract people who are, have young families and who have youth. Both good options, but it was kind of a chicken and egg situation. And so what we said is, okay, let's pray about this. And so we took all of the summer to pray and we told you to pray. And then we came back in the fall and we had another meeting and we talked about it. And the amazing thing that happened was that there were people who stood up at that meeting and they said, I thought that we needed to wait, but you asked me to pray and I prayed and God changed my mind. And I think that we need to hire someone to oversee children and youth ministries. And that was a bold move as a church. That was a bold move as a church. We didn't have a lot of surplus in our, in our budget for this. It was a real big step of faith. But as a congregation, we recognized and we believed that God was in it and that God was leading us, and we took a big step of faith. In the coming year, we're going to be focusing on listening to God. That's going to be a big thing that we're going to be talking about, learning about, and practicing as a congregation so that when God calls us to take big steps of faith, that we're ready to do so. All right, we're going to rush through some of the rest of these. This is a, a tension that we're going to wrestle with again in 2018. There's a tension between relationships and mission. We talked at the beginning about one of the big strengths of the church is the fact that we are a family-feeling church. We know people, we love people, we invite people into our lives, and that is great. Then we talked about how we have a heart to reach people for Jesus. And that's a tension. Because at some point, if we're reaching people for Jesus, we're not going to know everyone. In fact, there are times now that I talk to people and they go, okay, Brian, psst, who is that person on the other side of the church? Because they don't know everyone. And I have to say, isn't that a great challenge? Isn't that great that we don't know everyone? And isn't it great that we need to start learning people and getting to know people? Now, this is going to be a tension. And frankly, it's going to be one of those things where something is going to give. We either say, you know what, I want to know everyone, and so I'm not going to reach out. Or I say, I need to reach out, and so how do we make sure people are still known? And so in 2018, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be encouraging you to continue to get to know people, but to make sure that everyone is known by at least a few people. You may not be able to know everyone, we want to make sure that everyone is known. And growth groups are a fantastic way of doing that. Having people come and get into these small groups where you know each other, where you can pray with each other, where you can support each other as we move on. All right. Here's the last part. This is actually the most important part, but we'll probably talk about it later as well. In 2018, as I mentioned before, we're going to be listening to God and we're going to put a focus on intentional prayer. Now, we are a church that has lots of prayer. We, we pray before the service. We pray during the service. This year, we're going to invite you to be very intentional about some of the prayers that we do as a church. Second Chronicles says, 7 says this, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayers offered in this place. In other words, if we're humble, which we try to do as a church, if we pray and ask God intentionally for things, if we listen to God and if we recognize that we need Jesus in our lives, that we confess our sins, he will answer our prayers. So what we're going to do in 2018, next week I'm going to give you a bookmark with these prayers on it. They're also in your message notes. and You can follow along here. But for 2018, I want to introduce five big prayers. There are going to be things that we're going to talk about lots, and we're going to try to keep on the forefront of your mind so that you can be praying these things with us. Here's what they're going to be. For the next generation to grow deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his church. You get to decide what the next generation is. And so if you're 90 years old here, you might be praying for the 60-year-olds. If you're 60-year-olds, you might be praying for the 40-year-olds. If you're 40 years old, you might be praying for the teenagers. Let's not forget the young adults there. Young adults. Young adults might be praying for the teenagers. Teenagers might be praying for the kids. The kids might be praying for the babies. I don't know how much praying the babies do, but they might be doing a lot. We want you to be praying for the next generation to grow deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his church. We're going to be praying to faithfully discern and obey God's next steps as a local church. Where does God want us to go and for us to be obedient in that? We're going to be praying for God to grow in us thankfulness and trust in him. We're going to be asking you to be praying for your neighbors, your friends, and your family to come to know and to follow Jesus as Lord. I know many of you do all these things already, but we're just going to intentionally do them as a community, as a church. I would invite you this week to even start thinking about God, which friends, which family, which neighbors should I be praying for by name? And then for all of us to personally grow, for me to personally grow in obedience to Jesus through being rooted in his word, the Bible, and listening to the Holy Spirit. Those are going to be the big five that we're going to be talking about as a church. The other part of this is, that we're also going to be praying for our kids and for our youth very specifically. And, and four things that we're going to be praying for them this year. I put some, some big posters in the nursery and in the preschool area. And so if you're in the nursery and preschool and you are hanging out with a, some kids building blocks or you're, you're holding a baby, you can look at this poster and you can say, I can pray for this child right now. Now, I'm a dad of three. And I desperately crave for you to be praying with me for my children these next things. That each child or youth would have a soft heart to accept God's love and truth. I so desperately want all of my kids to have that soft heart. For each child and youth to grow deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his church. It's the mirrored one that we had before. For God's protection over each child and youth, their heart, their mind, their body, their spirit. We're going to pray for their parents 
to live and to model lives surrendered to Jesus. I wanted just to introduce this to you today. Because this is where we're going in 2018. There's probably lots of other things we're going to be talking about. Lots of other things we're going to be doing in 2018. But just so you know, we're going to be putting a big, heavy focus on talking to God, on listening to God, on bringing each other and our community and our children to God in prayer. So I want you to be prepared for that. We're not going to do it in crazy, wonky ways. We're not going to embarrass people. That's not what we're about. But as a Christian church, we believe that prayer is important. And we want to make sure that we are being intentional in our prayers. And I want to invite you to be intentional in your prayers while you're here at the church on Sunday mornings, and while you're having your devotionals in the morning and the evening. Wherever you find time that you're praying, whether you're on the tractor whether you're on the way to work, wherever it might be. Can we be praying with each other for these things? If my people who are called by my name would pray, I believe that God will move mountains and that we will see amazing things done in his name. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you for this church, this congregation, for how you have led us, for how you have blessed us. And we don't take any of that for granted. We want to be faithful to you. We want to follow you passionately. We want to serve you wholeheartedly. We thank you for what you've done in 2017. The people who have come to know you, the people who have grown deeper in love with you, the people who have gone and taken big risks in their lives, in their families, in their marriages. We pray that you would bless them for that. That you would use 2018 to move us as a church even further into your will. To use us for your kingdom's purposes. That we might see your kingdom come to Armo and Underwood and Tiverton and Concordon. Ripley and Teeswater, Lucknow, wherever we are. Thank you, Lord. We give you this next year to be used however you want for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.